0: Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus, and maybe what movie we're watching this week. My name is Brooke, and this is episode 75. 75. Big 75. It's our 75th anniversary,
1: if you get, you know, a celebration every week. That's right. That's right. Does that count? It's,
0: uh, it's our week anniversary. What, what is that a, Is that 10? Is it like a... What, what's the... Is that a, a wood anniversary? That's a great question. I don't know. What is the seventy fifth? Is,
1: is twenty five
0: silver and fifty gold, or no, I, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm not. I'm like halfway to twenty five, so we got a long way to go. Yeah, dude, what is going on with this heat? Right? Because this is insane. I read that. Uh,
1: it, it was a national news article that said we hit 115 in we Texas did. and Oklahoma. Texas this week. and Oklahoma,
0: right? It was like all these states are. Uh, I think I saw that maybe said the same headline, but it was like these 25 states are struggling, and Texas and Oklahoma hit 115. <laughs> right? It's like good, good, I've crazy. been
1: in 115 before in Arizona, um, which is much you know less crazy, right? And cue the dry heat, and it it, it feels awful, but it's 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 not insane, right? But 115 here <sighs> is.
0: It's borderline insane. Well, it's you know? so, and I've, I've been using the word oppressive this summer because oppressive. It, oppressive, like the heat is oppressive right now because it's like, it's not just the sun, right? It's the, because like Wichita Falls is windy. Yeah. And so you're not just getting Like, it's literally like being in a sauna with a fan. Yes. It's like being inside an oven. You know, it's like when you open the oven and like you get that, the 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 air just yes. blows back across your face and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I just burnt my eyebrows off. You know? I don't know how,
1: excuse me, I don't know how common that is, but as one who doesn't cook much and my wife's giggling because she's like, what do you mean much ever? <laughs> um, when I have taken something out of the oven, uh-huh. um, I always forget, like I don't have the, the yeah, muscle yeah. memory right. or the habits like anybody who cooks sure you know fairly well
0: you know the the, the open and dodge yes you and dodge so to i open side. it
1: and i lean in and i just like <laughs>
0: whoa scalding and i pop back oh there's 450 that's kind of how it is to walk out your front door exactly <laughs> exactly driving down the road like you know the wind hits you and it's just not it's, it's nice. just it's it's oppressive is what i oppressive that's what i think it is so but,
1: we we're trying to uh survive indoors yeah and uh make it um make it from the car to the office or to the store or whatever we got to do. For no good reason, uh, I did enjoy a little announcement this week from uh, Velveeta Cheese. Okay. Did you see that? No. Um, They have come out with a new – they've actually come out with a couple new products lately, and uh, I don't know if this is going to just completely gross you out or it's going to completely gross you out. One of the two – but check this out. I do like some Velveeta though. I <laughs> Velveeta. Like some, I like some queso. I, oh, some Rotel? Velveeta, Velveeta queso mm. with oh, Rotel tomatoes. That's
0: good. Maybe put in some put some, some hamburger so in So this there, is the same meat. company. Like, I can live That, get, with that. that yeah.
1: brings us the joy of the Velveeta Rotel cheese. Is it
0: is it like a cup of cheese that you stick on your dashboard and the hundred and fifteen <laughs> outside like melts it? No, for that you would make sense.
1: <laughs> no, brace yourself. It's, Lunch. It's the new Velveeta Veltini.
0: Is that, is that like a... Like a it's like, like a martini a and martini with Velveeta.
1: Listen to this. I'm going to read from this article. If you've ever inhaled mac and cheese after drinking, well, the good folks at Velveeta and BLT restaurants are here to save a few steps. Welcome the Veltini, a riff on a dirty martini that features Velveeta cheese-infused vodka stirred with olive brine and dry vermouth. It's garnished with Velveeta-stuffed olives, jumbo-sized Velveeta cheese shells, and a cheesy drip.
0: Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Go back. What what is in it again? It's a Velveeta martini. It's okay.
1: a it's a Veltini. So it has gin? It's got uh it's got dry vermouth. I'm not I'm not actually into liquor at all. Okay. Um I, I don't know what all this is, but I know what a martini is. Yeah, keep going. But it's got dry vermouth, it's got cheese infused vodka. Okay. Stirred with olive brine. Ugh. Like, ugh. Okay,
0: <laughs> cheese infused. So basically, vodka. Um, wow. I,
1: I like how the author puts it here: drinking a processed cheese product cocktail <laughs> at a Washington <laughs> D.C. steakhouse screams. I give up, but make it classy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but make it classy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I don't think that one shakes. So I think you have to stir that one.
1: I, I you, now you've lost me. I don't. I'm not into the. I'm not really a martini guy. In, in any way, shape, or form,
0: I can't. I can't imagine. James I'm definitely Vaughan not a Veltini
1: and... guy. I can tell you that right now.
0: I just can't. You know, James Bond's not walking up to the bar going, "Yeah, I'd like a Veltini stirred." Valveda is is jumping the shark, as
1: they say. Velveeta, <laughs> evidently, a month ago, I missed this. They released last month a cheese-scented nail polish because nothing says I don't care
0: like fingers that smell vaguely cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, how were those Doritos? What in the world, right? I, okay, I'm trying to imagine these things, all these things that you're you're bombarding my brain with here. So, is it like, is it like you took like a like a uh, like you think about like like magazines that used to have like the scratch and sniff or, or whatever, right? Are you take? Is it like like you glued that onto the top of your finger, and if you scratch it just right, you can smell the Velveeta.
1: Uh, it says, che- says cheese-scented nail polish. I think you don't have to scratch anything. I think your fingers just
0: smell <laughs> like Velveeta cheese. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> you just, like, continue to lick your fingers after eating chips? My dogs it's like would be, like, all over here. me. I'm
1: like, get away. <laughs> oh my Not that I would ever put the, uh, you know, right, cheese-scented nail polish on my fingers. Wow. You know what? I take that back. I live in a house with five ladies. <laughs> I guess I have to keep it real. I have had my share of nail polish on my uh-huh. fingers over the years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so we got that going for us this week. Wow. It's It's been hot. We've got a couple really good new Velveeta products to enjoy. Of course. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's completely ridiculous you told me you had some ridiculous stuff, I told you I wanted to start with some I didn't crazy. know how ridiculous it actually was <laughs> but speaking of ridiculous yes um last week you graced us with a story um of Bob Salem yes and oh the peanut pusher and I told you, I was gonna go down a yes, rabbit hole. Yes. Okay. I'm excited. I, I'm curious. What you <laughs> okay, found out? Okay. Because I just like kept like right, and I was like, well, oh, now I have to talk about this next. I, like I almost came to your office to say, dude, did you know all of this stuff? No, bring it. And I didn't. Um, <laughs> all of our listeners are have just leaned <laughs> right. in a little bit. Bring it on. Okay. So Pike's Peak is fourteen hundred or fourteen thousand one hundred and fifteen feet tall, right? So that's yes. two point six seven miles above sea level. I just wanted to know. But that's if you go straight up. Right. So we were wondering: Is this along a path? Is this up the street that you can drive? Yeah, it's not. It's up a path, okay, which is like rocky terrain and trees and, and grass. And I've I've hiked that. Yeah, yeah, I I have I have as well. Um, I didn't know you hiked it. I missed that. As years and years and you were years a much ago, much younger right? man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Much younger child. Um, okay, so 1929, Bill Williams, uh, according to one article, was. To do this to win a five hundred dollar bet, but according to the Manitou Springs Heritage Center, which is little community at the base of right, of Pikes Peak, yeah, the, he actually lost a bet, and and uh, and had to and had to do this, and it took him twenty days. Twenty days of pushing the of peanut pushing up a peanut. Pikes Peak with uh, his nose right and this is 1929 right okay. so I I don't I don't know twenty days apparently the one one said that he was trying to win a 500 bet sounds like he lost a 500 bet okay and had to go do this but that's like eight thousand dollars you definitely like, didn't with win a now. bet yeah. I don't think so <laughs> okay so 1916 Ulysses Baxter apparently this is some like relatively famous country singer at some point back in the 60s. Um You said he, 1916? 19 I'm sorry, 1963. 1963. I don't know if I said 1916. 1963. Sorry. 1963, Ulysses Baxter, he okay. did it in 8 days. Ooh. Yeah, so he used he used a spoon attached to his nose like a wooden spoon. Ah. Right? Uh and this peanut that he used is on exhibit oh in goodness. the Manitou Springs Heritage Center. So he did it with a single peanut. Right. So there's a little I don't know, I don't know all that. But at least there's a little bit of history from Bob Salem, right? 1976, Tom Miller, who was going to school. This is at, so much think, more than I think any of us wanted know, to know. I know, I know, but I, I wanted to know it. Uh, he did it in five days. That's, five days? Five days. That's currently the record, right? But there's okay. very little known about Tom Miller if you just kind of Google peanut pusher, Pike's Peak peanut pusher. Um, <laughs> so, a lot, a lot so back, to, So back to Bob, right? So Bob did it. He did it in just under seven days and he did it to celebrate the 105th birthday of Manitou Springs. Great, great way to do it. Wow. I don't don't know. Wow. But so, okay, so what I was like, I can't wrap my mind around how this works. And so he is literally crawling on all fours. There is a couple of very, very short videos that have like 9,000 views, um, which is not very many. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not on the street. He's literally crawling up the path like you would hike. Like, the hiking path. And he said he had to stop, like, all the time to take pictures with people because they all wanted to take pictures with him. Yeah. Okay, so not only that, but, like, I'm thinking you push this up with your nose, right? That's the story that we were told. He didn't push it up with his nose. What? He had a contraption on his face. Like, okay, so if you've ever seen a CPAP machine, it's basically a CPAP mask That has like a strap on your chin and on your forehead that goes over your nose, and then it's like the hose is not connected, and he duct taped like a plastic spoon, like a kitchen spoon, to it, so he looks completely ridiculous. And then he's got glasses on and a hat on, and it's just like what in the world. And so he he not only duct tapes this all, and so instead of pushing it, he's literally like flicking it with the spoon up the hill.
1: Oh, I've already. Lost I, I know all the the I, pride I felt for this this man, exactly. His achievement.
0: He said he estimated that he used nearly two dozen peanuts because sometimes they fall between cracks and you can't find them. And he like the like part of the video is him like flicking it up the hill, and he'd be like, "Uh, looking looking for a peanut. I'm <laughs> gonna see a peanut. I'm looking for a peanut. Should be right <laughs> over here somewhere." And yeah. Oh my goodness. So Bob Salem, Pike's Peak peanut pusher apparently there was history involved because otherwise that is so random that's just the most bizarre it is if you told the only thing that could kick it up a notch is
1: if you told me he celebrated finally at the top with a Velveeta Veltini
0: (laughs) I don't know that it was far (laughs) off but he did celebrate at the top they had a a celebration and the mayor was there and a handful of other people surely the mayor was like how did I Get this job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he said he went home to take a nap afterwards. Like, okay. He didn't go to Disney World. He didn't have a Veltini at the bar. He went. Home well, and out.
1: what comes to mind in this moment, Brooke, is this is one of the gifts of technology, is that uh, people can already have just fast-forwarded through all of this <laughs> that we've said so far. <laughs> when do they start talking about anything of substance? Uh, that's right.
0: I told you I was going to go and dig through because I wanted to... I wanted to get there. I'm glad you did. I'm just saying. I'm glad you did. <sighs> so week three of At the Movies. Week three of Eth Movies. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've all had our velvet, our, 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 you asked our me, cheese infused. You,
1: you asked me early on which one, which weekend was I the most excited about, and uh, I gave you a, a double answer. I said the one I was the most excited about was week one. Okay. Uh, I think Mitchell's, just, just Mitchell's because of the anticipation of finally starting At The Movies. Right. and the absolute crazy yesness yes. of that yes. unique film. But my favorite of all the movies that we're tackling this year is the one that we just did with Coda.
0: So um, what you're saying is it all goes downhill from here. Pretty much the last two movies, we just mailed in. Just skip them. Like yeah, any. absolutely.
1: <laughs> not at all, not at all. Coda, no, I love, I lo- I'm with you. Coda was great. Um, in I the think... theater, it was my favorite of these movies, In, in of all these five. You, and I say in the, it theater, in the theater. Was it like, no, 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 it was Apple okay, movie. Yeah. Um, but in the, in its early, in its first release, yeah. um, which wasn't my living room to be clear. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's that right. was my favorite of these five for sure.
0: So. Yeah. Well, this was, this was one that we, we, we landed on the other four. Yes. And we were not sure what are we going to do for number five? And we yeah. had several of the movies that we were talking about and thinking through. And then it came down to, man, I don't know. I think cause you brought it up as, as the first one and I had never seen it. Right. And, um, and so I, I remember going home after we as a team met mm-hmm. and couldn't come up with the fifth movie that we wanted to do. Yeah. And I remember going home and I was just like watching trailers of movies, like whether they were movies I had seen before. Just like okay, there's got to be something. And then finally, you were like, you had said, well, what about Coda? And none of us had seen it. Mm-hmm. And so
1: I was surprised that somehow the old guy, the least <laughs> least uh, cool
0: guy in the room, had seen it first. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember I was sitting on my couch. Um, with an, with an iPad and my headphones on Mm -hmm. watching Coda while my kids were running around playing and doing stuff. And my wife, like she was telling me the other day, she was like, I remember when you watched it and we, we didn't watch it together. Like I was just doing research for at the movies and, and I was just giggling and like there were some parts (laughs) that were just hilarious and. And then I remember finishing the movie the next day, like I didn't finish it that night. Mm -hmm. And so the next day I'm sitting at my desk and I was finishing the movie and like you came in right after that. And I was like, do we have to do, we have to do CODA. We have to do CODA.
1: (laughs) I remember feeling uh, uh, just a twinge of joy going, yes, Brooke's excited. I picked one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, and, and you know what, you've done a great job all the weeks you've hosted so far of saying, okay, just to be clear, uh, we're not, we're (laughs) not saying we condone every aspect of this movie. We didn't write this thing. We're We are editing it down, not only for time's sake, but to be able to watch in a church auditorium with potential of some kids there, even though it's not really for kids. And, and, uh, this movie, (laughs) this movie embodies it. I even read that, uh, it was first rated R Uh specifically because of the language. Yes. Um, And they fought, you know, sometimes the studios go back and forth because they know they're going to make more money if they can somehow make it PG-13. Right. And from what I read, they actually didn't change much. Really? They just politically... Were somehow able to make it PG thirteen, so I, I would argue from a language standpoint, it's on the far edge of PG thirteen. Right. There,
0: there's know? definitely some language. There's some, there's some adult situations and yes, and conversation. A couple of the funniest scenes
1: are blatantly <laughs> stuff I don't want my kids can't, watching. Can't you know? show you that. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, but and, and then also we got feedback from a couple uh, fluent sign language folks going, oh, there's even. There's even some sign language that's not translated with word, with subtitles that are really inappropriate. Yeah. That, that of course the rest of us don't don't catch. We do know? our
0: best, but that goes back to it. like we do our best to edit this sure. stuff, you know. And um, I
1: thought the editing was
0: incredibly well done. And it was. Some of these scenes were difficult to edit around. I and, believe you. I believe um, you. But you know, it, it's it's in another language half of it. Yep. You know, and yep. so it's, it's difficult. There's like. We're not fluent in we're not fluent in sign language, right. and so that makes it uh, that makes it even more difficult. So, if you're fluent in sign language and you see something we missed, um, you're one of a handful of people that are around that could even tell us that. So, right. we, we, I think we did our best to. <laughs>
1: you, you guys did a good job. Our editing team, um, which is mostly we've we've brought in a, a expert Kyle Coker. Here in our community that that has done a great job, and then Tanner obviously has had his mm-hmm. um, little bit of time in the editing room, and then you've you've had your critical eye to bring things to the attention of of these guys that miss it, and
0: it's been a good effort. I've really been
1: pleased with the the editing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So this movie, um, I, I watched it and I was like, "Well, that's a really good movie. Like it was great." And it turns out that since we watched it. Um, my my wife, as in in part of some of the medical things that she's been dealing with, um, has lost all of her hearing in her left ear, mm. and her right is not a hundred percent. And you said it, didn't you say it was like eighty five percent? I think so. Something. Taken. I don't know if there's a but official, noticeable loss. But yes, it's definitely it's it's uh, just. I awful, think it's still moderate. Awful. I don't think that they're they're not too worried about it. But the other one went really quickly. So we started learning. ASL is American sign language. Like we started learning that and it wasn't like, Ooh, Coda was cool. Let's go learn that. You know, um, and which is crazy because we have talked about this. My wife and I have talked about this. She's even talked about like, what if we adopted a kid or Mm. fostered a kid that was deaf? And, Mm -hmm. um, and now we're in a position where we had to learn it anyway. And so to get back to the editing part, like Mm. as we have spent the last several months learning sign language, um, to be able to communicate, like when we're in a restaurant or um, mm-hmm. in the cafe at church or in, in several places that are really loud or have lots of chaos or th- you know conversations or music or th- the mall, those kinds of places, we have to use sign language because she can't hear very well. Mm-hmm. And um, And so the more sign language we've learned, the more I started watching this movie paying attention to what their hands are saying. Oh, yeah. What their hands and their faces are saying rather than what the captions are saying. And Hmm. so there were some times that I had to re-edit some things because I was paying attention to different things than I was paying attention (laughs) to the first time, you know? Because like you said, not everything that was in the captions is exactly what At the very least,
1: sometimes they shorten the translations. Yeah. You know, well, when you watch a yeah. foreign language, you know, sometimes it'll be like three senses and it'll be like one and a half. Yeah. At the bottom.
0: Well, but it's also, it's also part of, part of interpretation, you know, true. Cause the true. way that they say things, what they mean is what you see on the screen, but the, but the, the signs, but the actual, actual, say that the signs actual, actual words they're signing. Right. Are a little bit different. And, mm. and it's the interpretation of the, of yeah. the meaning of them. So, uh, but I will say that, you know, I have watched this movie now, several times because of editing and because of what we've done and, and to be learning sign language throughout it has been interesting. Mm. It's, it's given me different, you know, a different perspective in watching the movie. So that's, that's first and foremost, that's just
1: awful and frustrating for your wife's sake. And um, I know you've been open over our year and a half or so now of doing the podcast together about just her long COVID is it still called long long timers? Well, uh it's a long hauler. Long hauler. Yeah. I always forget that every time we talk about it. Yeah. Um but there, we're still figuring out what the long term impact is for some with right. COVID and your wife's one of them that it's yeah. literally lost hearing in one ear and part in her other ear. And who knew that this would be your journey yeah. of learning ASL?
0: Right. right. Well, you know, and um Sometimes life throws you curveballs, right? And we have to figure out how to deal with those things. And the the great thing is, is that when you get a curveball like this, which is easy for me to say because I'm not the one that's lost my hearing, right? Um, but there are there are other solutions. You know, we all know that we can text people and 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 do stuff like that. But to be able to learn learn a language, and specifically ASL, what's interesting about ASL is that it's like it's not like a Spanish where I've I've learned you know, I would never say I was fluent in Spanish, but I had times that I could communicate decent in Spanish, but there's so much conjugation in mm. every article and sign language skips all that. <laughs> mm. like it's like, forget all that. There's, you know, like past and present, so much is, is figured out by the context of what you're talking about. Yeah, And, um, mm. you know, the sentences are very, um, like, if you imagine a, uh, like a kid's book, not that it's not that it's simplified to to that level, but like if you think about a kid's book that's you know three four, three, four words in a sentence, ASL is doing the same thing Ooh. because it's it's skipping all of the of and the and an and A and yeah. you know all these weird words, you know some of it is just it's like how you do it, how Ooh. how uh, expressive you are with it. It's like if you want to say something is very funny, you're doing it with your face. And how you are saying it, not saying very in front of it, you know, right. so, so it's just been interesting. It's been, it's made it easier to, to pick up on. Mm. But the really cool thing has been watching our four kids, you know, like I have a six year old, right? Six year old that literally struggles to write his name. And he can sign his name like he can spell it out with his fingers. He can fingerspell. spell so cool, um, Kendrick. You know, and watching the girls like like I'll, I'll, we've made it kind of a thing. Okay, so this summer, you know, you're going to spend 30 minutes a day. You're going to learn ASL. So what are you learning? Oh, I learned you know good morning, good night. I learned how to say this or that or whatever. Um, so it's been it's been cool to whether they know it or not, watch them love on their mom and I love it um, mm. and do that, but. Yeah, you
1: know, I read that uh, Amelia Jones, who starred in the the mm-hmm. lead role, uh, she spent uh, nine months learning ASL, yeah. and taking singing lessons, and learning how to be on a on a fishing trawler. A trawler right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Keanu Reeves, you know, studies the martial arts for a
0: year. That's right. Um, Amelia Jones had to study a bunch of stuff. Right. You know. Well, and and the 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 cool thing about this movie in. Um, you know, from a uh, at least at least partially from a deaf community perspective, um, is that Marley Matlin, who was um, who played Mom, um, who is an Oscar winner, uh, she was the first deaf actor to win an Oscar back in '87. Yeah, I saw I saw that movie back in the day. I was a teenager. What was it Chil- uh, Children of a Lesser God? Yeah, yeah.
1: With William Hurt, I, I love. He, he died recently. Famous old actor. Um, not William Hurt. William. Uh, Oh, now I'm blanking. I don't know. I'll look it up.
0: Okay, but yes, go keep going about but her. But yeah, yes, so, awesome. so the thing that I really loved about her is that when so they got her to play the mom, and they were they were bringing on to um, what, what what we would what the deaf community would refer, refer to as hearing actors, um, so uh, just people that can hear, and uh, so they were going to bring on hearing actors to play the dad and the brother and um because obviously because amelia um because ruby is the is the coda the child of deaf adults um and so she's the only in this story she's the only one hearing in the family so obviously for her you, you need a, you she's a hearing person um, but for the other two for the dad and the brother for frank and leo they were going to have them be played by hearing actors and marley matlin went in and said no we're not going to do nope that. not going to happen and she basically said, if you do that, I'm out. Yeah. I'm and not going to be a part of has this. And she had some leverage as a right. – I mean' Oscar winner Oscar winner the only the only deaf Oscar winner at least right. that I'm aware of She was um,
1: the only deaf at that point, the only deaf Oscar winner.
0: right and so and so just the fact that she was she was brave enough to do that and then and then had the uh, you know the cur- not just the courage but the you know the the respect of, of the it. deaf community and everything to go and say no 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 yeah. no, no no, we're not gonna fake this. we can yeah. do it right. And um, respect, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Way cool, you know.
1: And then to see, uh, I'm looking up his name. Make sure I say it right. Troy Kotzer, He won Best Supporting Actor. Right. Uh, so he was the second, first, first male deaf winner, second deaf winner, right, of an Oscar um, to
0: your co-star. Yes, which is pretty cool. Way cool. Yeah, Way cool. He he was phenomenal. The dad was. I know. I loved. Really him. good. He did it. He did a great job. And stinking funny. <laughs> 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 but I mean it's just so much about this movie was really cool and then to make it it's like it, it feels like it's real life. Yeah. You know, it's starting to hit home at least for my family and and oh. then to, and so so we actually, you know, my wife loves the Oscars and the the um all these awards things and and so to have a show a movie like this that's like we're rooting for it, Ooh. you know, and then to see it win best yeah. picture and supporting actor and adapted screenplay. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, it was really, it was just cool. And then right. to watch them, watch them get up there and, um, and the interpreters go up with them. Yeah. And, yeah. and one of the, you know, on one of them, I think it was, I think it was when, uh, when Troy won, he, he had the interpreter came up with there and the interpreter had the mic and he just signed the whole time. And yeah. the interpreter is the one that you hear talking, which was just, it was great. Yeah. I loved it. It was so much fun. And, um, I I loved that they had the uh, the interpreters all over the place that were there for the shooting and all of that were all codas. They were all child children of deaf adults. Very intentional, and, yeah. Which is just great. So yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I learned a ton from it. Yeah. I've you know in learning sign language, I've I've learned even
1: more. In a weird way, as someone who's not on the same you know path that you guys are with with Care K's health and and legit need for this. It's, it's fascinated me to the point where I, I find myself I want to learn a little bit of sign language yeah. um, I know that um, my wife and I learned like minimal like four or five sign language gestures mm-hmm. as early parents yeah because we could teach our kid who couldn't talk yet to ask for more right exactly Things like did that and we didn't please we did that as when they were really little yeah and um, and even now to this day I can be across a room. And someone do something kind for one of my, you know, my 16 year old mm-hmm. and she just takes it and doesn't say anything. And I can give her the little, thank you, you know, thank you sign across the room and she'll look at them and go, thank you. You mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's little tiny <laughs> things like that that made me go, I Remember. need to learn more sign language, right, you know? Right. Well, a couple of the things I really enjoyed, um, reading about the film before we get into any of the yeah. s- substantive parts is I, this was based on a French film, mm-hmm. uh, and, and some of the flack that the French film got even though it was I think pretty well done from what I hear I haven't seen it uh, was they had hearing actors um, mm-hmm. in several of the roles um, I think I, th- I want to say um, two or maybe all three of the family members mm-hmm. who were who were deaf and um, and they took a lot of flack from the deaf community and sure. like why'd you do that you know and so that may have even driven uh, Marlon Matley to, to do this differently you know and insist I also enjoy it for you Star Wars geeks out there that, that have nothing to do with Coda. <laughs> I loved reading that Troy Kutzer, who won the Best Supporting Actor uh-huh. role, um, I, maybe this just opened doors for him because he literally taught or created, I should say, created yeah, a unique yeah. sign language for the Tusken Raiders in both The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. So for you Star Wars geeks out there that watch the Tusken Raiders, the sand people, if you will, Speaking with some hand gestures and yeah. um, the, the the dad from Coda is like backstage. Yeah, here's how we're gonna do it. You know? yeah, do like Do like this. Do like Must nah, be a Star nah, Wars nah. fan, I guess. I don't, I, know, I don't know how yeah. he got roped into that, or
0: he got paid for it. Yeah, or got paid handsomely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's 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 cool. Like it's it, you know, it's it's cool to learn another language, and so um, I love this movie. Um, it was it was really cool. So what? You know, we talked about we talked about fear and sacrifice. What what sticks out to you as as the things that really? Um, what, what are the things that stuck out to you through this movie?
1: You know, I think I think one of the first things that I know we alluded to in the 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 messaging that we shared uh, about Coda that really sticks out to me. And I know it's I'm, I know I'm uniquely taking it in as a father, uh, as a father of four girls um, who are. Uh, almost 19, 17, uh, 14, and twelve. Um, is this whole idea of you know, how much do we let go and 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 how quickly or slowly do, do we let go? I mean, the, the the art of parenting, especially as they get into their their teenage years, is is on paper. It's meant to be a slow letting go. you mm-hmm. know um, I, I think we could probably all agree. You don't hold on super, super tight all the way till they graduate from high school or whatever that milestone event is. And then you completely let go and remove the safety net and vanish. Like it's never, we all agree it's not meant to be that sudden. But we also could go the other extreme and probably all agree okay, we're not meant to be, you know, they're 47 years old and they're still living in our basement and we're still, you know, making sure they come home at a certain time and we're paying all their bills. Right. Yeah. And so there is a letting go, and and the art of parenting that all of us are <laughs> always trying to figure out is how quickly do I do that, how slowly do I do that, what does that look like day to day, and it's risk taking, right? At mm. its at its core, it's taking risks. To you know, you're you're teaching your kid to ride a bike with no training wheels. What, at some point, you know, have do, to... you, do you keep running or do you do you stop running? Do you you know right. do you have your hand on their back still? Right. Or do you, are you just within reach, you know? And um, I just thought of that, but I think it's a good metaphor for what does it look like as for, for our teenagers, for our young adult uh, even kids, you know, they step into those college years, those early 20s is we've got to let go. Um, recently, one of my girls um, just shared with a family member. Um, I won't throw my extended family member under the bus in the moment. Maybe I did already on a podcast. I think I did, but... She shared that she had a new idea, a new dream about what she wanted to be when she grows up. And um, this extended family member just really shot it down Mm. and told her a couple, three reasons why that was a bad idea in a way that first, first and foremost, just kind of surprised me. Like that doesn't seem like an intuitive, loving thing to do, but, but it really affected my daughter and she came back to me literally in tears and and was almost like convinced not to do this now. And I had to undo that. I had to go, okay, mm. well, hold on. That's just one person's opinion. This may be exactly what you're supposed to pursue. And, you know, okay, so you're not going to make nearly as much money doing that as you would other things, but is that where you're going to find happiness? And right. I, I had to reframe everything. And so yeah. um, I, as I watched this film, I saw the consternation of, uh, Ruby, who just loved her family, loved all three of her family members, mm-hmm. You clearly. The love in this family was so clear. Mm-hmm. I love that part. But she loved them. She already had this vital, uh, much-needed, it's, it's redundant, I know, but it, she just was essential role in her family. And um, one of the ways she could tangibly love them is just to stay, to still work on the fishing trawler, to keep... Interpreting for them, and then all at the same time, you know, her parents had to struggle with, we can't even relate to the singing thing, can't hear it. They say she's amazing. She's telling us it means the world to us. To her, D- how much do we just let her go and figure out what we've got to figure out? Yeah, I just that that tension to me with with no clear right answer. I think you could argue that sacrifice could have looked could have looked differently, but ultimately. I love that she chose to sacrifice first and then they overcame as parents overruled it, so to speak. Yeah. And Leo had a lot. The brother had a lot to do with that. Leo is Leo to me is the underrated character in the whole Mm. story is that that hard conversation that we did include in our teaching part in uh, where he was, you know, quote unquote, trying to hide. She's like, what are you doing hiding from me? She's like, well, not very well. (laughs) I love that. But his anger Uh that was almost hurtful. Yeah. To me, just screamed love. Yeah. Because he's like, no, Gertie, my girlfriend, says you're amazing singer. Mm -hmm. You're going to stick around and do this with us? You could do more. Yeah. You need to be set free. You need to not worry about us. You know, are are, are you worried we're going to embarrass ourselves? Like, Mm -hmm. I love just his hard love, his tough love to say, get out. You know, let us, let me blossom and flourish. Right. And you go blossom and flourish. Yeah. And, um, but even in there, there's the sacrifice of this is going to be really hard for me. If you get, if you do this thing, it's going to be really hard for yeah. me. I, I love that. The, every, all four of the family member characters, you could argue, even, even, I guess, I guess it's not a leap, even her music teacher. I mean, he was putting up with her <laughs> being late and falling asleep and letting him down and he chose to sacrifice even to the point where he almost quit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a powerful picture of the, the tension of 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 for parents specifically of how much do I hold on
0: to, how much do I let go. Yeah. Um, well, and I I love that I love that 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 holds true. You know, obviously this story is about a um, a hearing child in a deaf family, um, and so there's there's a language barrier um, you know, being able to hear, uh, there's that barrier, but that it holds true for that, you know, staying home with a a family business or, um, you know, something that your family has always done. Like it doesn't have to be about, about, you know, sign language or interpreting and, you know, that role of your family. Like there are plenty of ways that our expectations of our kids or our parents' expectations of us, has led us down basically this road Mm -hmm. to decide, do I sacrifice what I want, Yeah, you know, and do your parents understand, you know, do your parents understand? I remember having a conversation with my parents, um, when I was interested in doing something musically and even having those conversations of, well, it's really difficult. And, um, you know, and having to get to a place where I was going to pursue it. Not that they weren't supportive or anything Ooh. like that, but it was just like, despite the expectations of what may happen, you know. So being able to sacrifice for your family or your parents doing that same thing, letting go or sacrificing to make it happen, um, you know. So I love loved that it wasn't that it's it's so relevant to um, family life, regardless of yes the language they're, they're yes. speaking, you know. Maybe maybe you're getting at the heart of why it's such a powerful
1: and and well-liked film is its it's a a struggle that's common to virtually all of us every family and yet it's in this foreign world right that grabs our attention right. and is just uniquely different in its challenges
0: well uh, even even uh, Mitchells versus the machines you can go back to Mitchells versus the machines and it does the same you know there's the same dynamic in there you know Katie's trying to go off to college she wants to go do her video thing And then at the very end, after we've had this whole, you know, crazy robot apocalypse, she's trying to explain, and I even, I wrote it down because I thought it was great. It was like, she said, sometimes you have to listen to the long monologues of Triceratops migration, (laughs) but it's worth it to have a friend for life talking about her brother. And sometimes you have to eat disgusting cupcakes shaped like your own face, but it's worth it to see your mom smile. And sometimes you have to give your dad the benefit of the doubt even if all he wants to do is talk about pine cones and screwdrivers because even if he doesn't get it all right they're trying harder than you ever knew and my whole family came together and worked and families can be hard but they're worth fighting for you Ooh. know so it was like even even in the moment like thinking about the sacrifice of of this you know it, it was it was in another movie that we did and we maybe didn't you know hit on that as much but it's the sacrifice of dad watching her and saying i don't think that's going to work and you might fail mm. you know and then it, we we had the scene of um of uh ruby's parents in in this movie coda where they're sitting on the bed and she's like but what if she fails you know it's like it's college we got to let her go you yeah. know yeah I, I don't know i i i liked it i thought it was good and and i like how it's it as you said is relevant to so many different situations in our family lives mm. Absolutely. And it, you know, obviously
1: we landed, uh, pretty clearly in our messaging that it's just, it's, it's central to Christianity. This whole notion of, of the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, the call to follow him, trust him, and then live lives that, that imitate him in his sacrifice. Um, Philippians two just couldn't be any more clear. Just Paul says, I want you to have the same attitude of Jesus. And then he basically says, who sacrificed? Who sacrificed everything? Mm. Um, This is the calling on your life now. And uh, I think that's also um, one of the things that is lost, maybe even on the surface, from uh, the way Christianity is presented to the world. I think sometimes it is misrepresented to say, hey, do you want the full abundant life? Do you want to go to heaven instead of hell? Mm. Uh, Do you want all these benefits? Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't cost you anything. Jesus paid for everything, which there's some truth to that. that Mm. We can't pay the price. Only Jesus could. But But the 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 other side of that same coin is, okay, to follow Jesus now is to swim upstream. To follow Jesus now is to literally put everybody else first. Jesus says, take the worst seat at the table. Jesus says, um, you know... oh, they, they want, the Roman soldier wants you to march a mile and carry stuff, you go two miles. Um, Jesus basically just stretches it and says, I am calling you to lay down your life for your friends. That's what real love looks like. And uh, I love that a film like this that has nothing blatantly to do with Christianity, um, there's no reason to think these people are Christians or certainly not made to be part of the story that we're, we're watching on the big screen just has this beautiful central picture of, of the call to sacrifice that even non-Christians can go, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Non-Christians can go, that is heroic. That is, um, I mean, I think of my favorite hero movies. I think of, you know, old classics like Braveheart. Ultimately William Wallace, you know, sacrificed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, even from a non-Christian, non-religious standpoint, just shocker, we're made in God's image. We've eternity has been put in the heart of every human. We look at stories like this and go, Oh,
0: yeah. that is beautiful. I want to
1: be a dad like that. <laughs> I want, I want to be a daughter like that. You know, um, I want to be a big brother like that. And for us as Christians to go, yeah, that makes sense. That's <laughs> consistent with what God says it's all about. So I love that. I, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we were, we gravitated toward this film.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that, that, um, that I thought was cool and, and is, you know, whether, whether I think it, I think it speaks to um, adults, whether you have kids or not, you know, especially being a part of the church. Um, one of the things that is um, Mr. V, the, the, uh, the choir teacher. Um, one of the things that he does is that he sees something in Ruby, hmm. you know, he hears her sing. He wants to know, you know, what, what, what do you want to say? Do you have something to say but he sees something in her and he tells her you know he tells her okay you you don't have any control but you can sing your tone is great like you you're really good at this and he helps her pursue it Mm. you know he sacrifices his time and his um you know i'm sure his finances to to do these kinds of things and but to think about how you know at at a church you know, how often we have that opportunity to see the other kids, the, the, the kids growing up, whether whether they're close to our family or not, but you can see the thing in them. And I think about um, I think it was two weeks ago, somebody came up to me on Sunday and just said, you know what, our, your 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 kids are um, are, are wonderful. And obviously, as a parent, that's, that's your a, kids really, I know, right? It's like I didn't understand. I was like, <laughs> Do you know who my kids are? Um, you know, but to, to as a parent, you love to hear that, yeah, absolutely, right? Absolutely, but and and so it's fun to tell the kids that hey, there are people out here that are seeing you and appreciating the ways that you jump into help or the ways that you have conversations or uh, you know, or whatever it is. And so, I, I think it's a challenge to those of us that are adults that see these kids all the time running around, whether they're teenagers or in high school or, or they're in elementary that to see something in the kids and tell them about it and support yeah. them in it. Yeah. And, you know, um, so I, I, th- I thought that was a, an interesting, um, perspective from, from, mm. um, Mr. V. Yes. You know? Yes. It brings back a quote. I don't have it in front of me, but a quote
1: that I shared two weeks ago after Mitchell's versus the machines and talking about parenting, um, and, Excuse me. Um, one of the quotes from that parenting adult children book was that every every kid needs one something along the lines of irrationally uh, loving, uh, like like a huge fan. I yeah. can't remember Supportive the word. Supportive or yes. Yeah. If if every one of us, as as a kid, even as a big kid, as a, yeah. as an adult kid, right, had just that one person in our life, it you know much less sure three or four. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But just like you can do no wrong. You're the best ever. Like we obviously don't need 15 of those people in our lives. Of That's course just, you can be the president yeah. while making the NBA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, we all need somebody who's like, I believe in you,
0: you know? And yeah. when nobody else does and, uh,
1: yeah, I love
0: it. And then he holds her to it. Like, you know, he's he's invested in her life and her right. growth, you know, so right. it's not just a passing, oh, hey, you sing really well, you know, right. it was like, hey, you sing really well, so let's work on this together and let me help mm. you accomplish whatever your goal is. And, yeah. you know, even, even that he presents like, here is something that could be um, really cool for you, which yeah. to her was a a new thing. Yeah. She hadn't. She wasn't thinking about that. She was just expecting, yeah, I don't like school. I'm not very good at it. So I'm going to stay home and fish with my family. Yeah. And then to watch him come alongside and say, no, 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 let's, let's chase this mm. and put up with her lateness or, mm. you know, her, her, uh, unpolished abilities or whatever. So yep. that was cool. Yep. What about the fear side? We talked about, um, fear and having fear hold you back. Um, obviously with Ruby, Learning that she has some skill, but she still's got to get up in mm. uh, in front of people. The first time we didn't show this, but the first time she gets up in front of the choir, uh, at, at, in uh, in the uh, the classroom at school, um, it's her turn to sing, and she bolts, um, you know. And then she ultimately has to get up in front of all of the parents of the town and. Mm. And sing with a you know and do a duet, not just sing with a choir. Like that's that's one thing, but to sing the duet with with one other person, yeah, is that takes a lot of a lot of guts. And and then to chase ultimately chase her dream as we see her make it to Berkeley and yeah, um, all that. But so what what can we learn from the fear side of things?
1: Mm, that's a great question.
0: Uh, the thoughts that come to mind for me are,
1: uh, I think fear is learned. Um, you know, fear is not something we're born with, it's certainly not from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think we learn to fear something or someone because of an experience, you know, you, uh, maybe even in a good way, you learn to fear the, the hot stove yeah, right. <laughs> because you touch it, you know, but, but you learn to fear a person because they hurt you. Um, or they, you know, they express some negative emotion towards you. Um, And I think that's why I don't, I don't know that it's a sin to be, I I want, I'm wondering theologically about this. I don't know if it's a sin to be afraid, but I do know it's not what God wants for us. I think it's a ripple effect of sin in the world. Um, because hurt people hurt people. Um, but there's a reason the scripture, we, we quoted scripture yesterday. There's a reason the old Testament says, you know, the prophet Isaiah says, don't be afraid. Um, I am with you. Don't be afraid. Uh, and then Paul writes, you know, very spot on to, to his young protege, Timothy. He says, God didn't give us a, a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity. Um, he gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And so uh, there's something about a call. The call of a Christian is to call fear what it is, you know, to be honest about our fears Uh, but to recognize, okay, those are, those fears are as a result of my sin or somebody else's sin or sin in the world. It's not what God wants for me. And the more I learn to trust God, the more I learn, the more I grow in likeness of Jesus, uh, the less fear I'm going to have in in my life. Um, which I think has got to go hand in hand with then taking the risks of okay, how do I lean into the opportunities that are unique to me? How do I lean into the gifts that I'm discovering that he's given me that he hasn't given to the person on my left or my right? Uh, how do I um, find the gumption to try something new, even if it doesn't work? Um, I think obviously for for young adults, for teenagers, for even big kids, you know, it's how do I find the courage to spread my wings a little bit and do something that's not expected, or it's not what my parents want. Um, I I think there's something tied to that. And if, if we can, as Christians who are trying to find our identity more and more in him, more and more in Jesus, if we can recognize, okay, any, any insecurities, any fears, uh, those are not from the Lord. Um, there's a slight chance they're protective, like oh, I've, I've fallen four times doing that, and it really hurt. Maybe I shouldn't do that again. Yeah, you know. But I think those are the exceptions to that rule when it comes to fear. I think I think time and time again, there, it's somebody else's junk that's mm-hmm. pushed on us, um, or it's our own insecurities that God really wants to heal and, and remove. Um, if I can be honest, this is a a, a quick. Quick rabbit trail, I think one of my saddest moments as I connect with a new friend is when I uh, observe or discover insecurity. Um, my heart gets heavy for anybody that we do life with together that's insecure. I mean, we're all insecure at some level. Yeah. Anybody who says they're not insecure is just <laughs> complete denial or doesn't get it. We all have insecurities. But but as I do life with people who who just seem to be especially insecure um, and vulnerable to what people think or say or um, I just my heart is heavy because in my experience that's so hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. It takes time and a lot of positive experiences and positive reinforces reinforcement and <clears throat> unlearning. Yeah, I think that's maybe one of the gifts the church can be for broken people is in a, in a smaller community, a small group of friends to, to experience over the long haul enough love and affection and affirmation and encouragement to overcome those kind of insecurities. Um, maybe that's where the rubber meets the road for us as Christians, as a church is to bring our fears to our community, yeah. um, in a very authentic way so that, Oh, just maybe they're there. They heal, they're mm-hmm. overcome. Um, what are your thoughts about fear? I mean, this is definitely the heart of the of Ruby's journey. Is well, probably all of them. I was going to say,
0: but yeah, it's, that's that's my thought. Is it's it was, it's easy to to um, you know as as I did kind of couch the fear as as what Ruby is dealing with in, in the growing up and the stepping out and that kind of thing. But it's the same thing that the parents are dealing with, you know. Um, as as uh, as Dad says in the um, uh, the fishermen's meeting or whatever you know my dad fished and his dad fished and so this is all we know you know and and so i'm not gonna I'm not just gonna give up on this but you know they the, if, if you even at the very beginning of the movie you see that leo is trying to get them to step outside of what they've always known with the auction and how they're selling the fish to a certain place and and saying hey, you know we, we they've they've done this before people have done this like we could do this we could set up our own business we could step out and do this and and uh, and so again as you said you know Leo's trying to lead and and it's difficult for for mom and dad to to <laughs> to back that and it almost takes the passion of a moment of getting frustrated with somebody and I loved that scene um, where where the you know they're in the uh, dad stands up and Leo stands up and they say yeah we're gonna do this so forget the auction like we're we're gonna sell our own fish you guys jump in and literally the next scene is them telling mom and he's like ah, it just came out like it just <laughs> it was like in the heat of the moment it just happened it just came out and and even in that like you see her dealing with the fear of well, you know in this scenario the, the fear of well they we, we can't hear them they can't understand us you know, so how how do we even communicate with them then it's the fear of but there's no money in it or what if it fails or what if we you know everything falls apart and and uh, so i I love that it's not just the fear of of ruby trying to branch out on her own and do something different mm-hmm. but it's the fear of okay what if we actually do this okay now we caught the tiger what are we supposed to do with it? And, uh, you know, so they them stepping out and, and a lot of what you, you, we don't see in our, um, in our film is them growing into dealing with this business and getting to know the community around them and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and stepping out of that fear that, uh, that's held them back and, and done that. So, um, I think it is very relevant and I love that it's not just, oh, it's the coming of age story and she's gotta step out. But it's just like, no oh, man, this this might be it's time to take a new job or um or you know, any any scenario. That it's time to have that conversation with a family member or um, you know, it's time to foster a kid or whatever. There's so many ways that this can apply that I thought that was you know, it's just cool that it's like okay, it's not just this one, it's not just this one scenario, mm. and um, so that's what I liked about the the fear side of the yeah. story is that yeah. everybody's dealing with it, yeah. and it's not like okay, well, you deal with fear, but I don't ever deal with fear. It's like man, we all we all deal with it. So, I will confess,
1: even um, as a ministry leader, to bring it to Colonial, uh, I say I lack fear and want to try new things. Um, because I believe that's good and right, and yet I think, like most pastors mm. that I know and like most churches that I know enough about, um, we keep things pretty conventional, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's hard. What it, if? What if it doesn't go well? What if... I mean, everything we do is, is based on engagement of people. It's, it's about building community, building even, even the call to the mission of the church is completely voluntary in in so many ways you're competing with all the other things that people Mm -hmm. are busy with. Mm -hmm. Um, it's one of the, you know, our volunteer work, so to speak, it's one of the first things that we let go of when things get busy or stressful or so I say all that, even as I say that out loud, I, I rationalize, Ooh, Ooh, we got to be careful. Ooh, you know? And, and yet so many of my favorite leaders that I, I know or that I read about, uh, are not afraid to take risks, and they they actually fail a lot. You know, they experiment and fail, and try something else and fail, and try something else, and it goes really, really well. And that's what they're kind of known for. And then they wrote the book, and yeah, then they wrote the book, <laughs> and they're, after and, all the other, failures. yeah, and and I, so I maybe even just a, a vulnerable moment of of just honesty about fear is. I mean, even as a leader, I struggle with that. Um, maybe more than I maybe more than I realize.
0: Well, it's easy to talk about um, having a uh, a culture of being okay with failure and trying new things, Ooh. and it's a whole lot different when it's like time to put it into practice. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's gonna work, so yeah, let's, let's just not. <laughs> let's just not, you know. And then it's like, well, what then that means we're not okay with failure, you know. Then we're not okay with trying things, right? And, um, but yeah. Well, I, I loved this movie, um, and it was a fun one. I appreciated uh, getting to getting to know the story and, you know, just all the different characters. And then, of course, as it starts to all of a sudden apply to my life in in a very different way. Um, what, uh, as we look forward to um, our last two weekends, two it weekends. seems crazy to say that already. We yes. only have two more weekends. So yes. as we're looking forward to these last two, what are you excited about? Well, definitely. uh, I guess just
1: short-term excitement. I'm real excited about this coming weekend. It's our uh, just like we did the first weekend. It's our family-friendly second second attempt. Yeah, Um, it promises to be really fun. I think uh, it's got something for all ages. Certainly, kids are going to love it. Um, uh, I guess one you know tease is uh, our kids. Unless you're living under a rock, our kids have seen this film already. And hopefully, we'll be real excited about um, it's such a popular, fun film, uh, very recent, and uh, and so yes, it, it should be really fun. I, I also am looking forward to the last weekend. It's we're gonna we're gonna end on a very heavy note, uh, on an adult level, um, and yet uh, I think just right where um, a lot of people are living, mm. and I think it's going to be um, potentially uh, just a catalyst for good, hard conversations and, um, a call up for us as Christians to love well. Um, so there's a lot of reasons I'm, I'm
0: really excited about these last two weeks. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be fun. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to have at the movies for kids, but it's also fun to do things that are okay. Maybe this is not normally an adult story, but, um, we're going to branch out and do it anyway. So I always like those. Mm. All right. Uh, before we wrap this sucker up, anything you got left?
1: Nope. Just, uh, really enjoying middle of the summer, um, at the movies and, uh, already making some plans for the fall. We've got a lot of things planned for the fall. So, uh, just be, continue to be praying for, for us as, uh, as elders, as staff, as pastors, as we were dreaming about what the church is going to be all about, um, day to day this fall. So, um,
0: but yeah, in the moment, just really enjoying summer. Yeah. I would also say, you know, as we have been dealing with fires and all that stuff over the summer, yes, um, you know, keep in prayer all of the people that are out there fighting them and the families that are in the paths and have already lost things or are on the verge of, um, you know, we, we had an opportunity last week to uh, um, partner with uh, Frank and Joe's. And Frank and Joe's was... Yeah, shout out to Jessica yep. Edwards
1: um, and Frank and Joe's folks who really stepped up.
0: To, yeah, they, they put out on their Facebook page that they were gathering up drinks, uh, electrolyte drinks for the uh, the firefighters, the different departments that are, many of them are volunteer all over the uh, the, the greater Wichita Falls area and, and surrounding, the ones that are really dealing with the fires and, and all of that. And uh, so it was cool to be able to... Um, you know, use some of our outside of the walls funds that uh, are are part of what we do here as a church, and yes. and support that, and <laughs> deliver a whole bunch of cases of um, power aid. It's a so. little thing, but it's a it's a tangible way that the the
1: church was able to bless a bunch of first responders. Always a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well we're gonna wrap this sucker up, and we will be back next week. Hope you have enjoyed the first three weeks of at the movies. Next week. Uh, we have another fun movie. It's going to be a blast, so you're not going to want to miss it. If you have missed this past week, if you missed Sunday, then you can, uh, you can go back and watch it this week. Throughout, it will be replaying at colonialchurch.com slash live so that's always a great way. Maybe you just want to say, "Hey, ooh, ooh, my friend has seen this movie and liked it. You should watch this too." Um, it's a great way that you can get it, get your, uh, get somebody else to to check out what we're doing here for at the movies and colonial church. And um, yeah, so and, be and to be clear, for, this is so intuitive, but to be clear, this
1: is a great week to invite a family. You know, just to, yes. to have your kids invite a friend. To have, to have you or your spouse to uh, to reach out and say, hey, bring your whole family. We can all sit together in the auditorium and it won't be like any church experience you've had before. Yeah. Um, and I, I promise you they'll have a really good experience. So I think so too. It's a
0: great week to invite some folks. Yep. Okay, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com. Uh, or you can download our app. That's an easy way to do it as well. App Store, Google Play Store, Colonial Church. Wichita Falls. You can find us there. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions, your feedback. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week.